You're listening to Coldo D. Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Our services are every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. For more information, like us on Facebook or visit our website at coldod.org. And again, I want to talk about running a great race, running a great race. The Winter Olympics, I didn't realize, I just happened to want, this is the theme I, the Lord wanted me, I felt he wanted me to talk about this running a great race today, uh, this morning. And I just happened to check and I didn't realize the Winter Olympics will take place next week. Did you all know that? Yeah. I, yeah, some of you knew it. I just, I just wasn't aware of it. I don't know how I've lost track of it. But February 4th through 20th, where? in Beijing. And uh, Ed, Edward's moving there next week. No, no he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> I just wanted to pick on Edwards. He's right here. He's, you know, he's such a great-natured guy. <laughs> Don't move there. Don't move there. We want you here. So, anyway, not a good time to move there. Unless you're teaching English as a second language. Which I was always wanting to do that, but I'm married. I can't do that anymore. So I wanted to spend six months over there, got certified, and never, but never got to do that. But anyway, um, but it's an amazing country, of course. Um, but the opening ceremony Friday uh, will be Friday, actually at 5.30 a.m. So if you're not up for it, you can set your TV to record it. You know, I did, actually, um, already when I realized this. Um, but they'll show it again, I think, later on. I'm sure they will. And I, if you know anything, I remember the Olympics when they were there years ago. I don't know how, how many years ago it was back in... But it was amazing. They, they really know how to have a ceremony. And it's 14 hours ahead of Nashville, you know, China. So they'll be skating, skiing, snowboarding, and curling. And I cannot figure out this thing. I, I looked at the curling. This, I cannot figure out this sport. Do you? And I, I mean, how is that a sport? I don't know. I mean, how can curling be in the Olympics and pickleball isn't in the Olympics? I do not know that for, my, for the life of me. Now, the Isthmian Games of Greece in, the, in Paul, the Apostle Paul, the Shliach Paul's time, were his frame of reference when he quotes many references scripturally, many scriptural references focusing primarily on race running. And here there were, at, the, at these games, which were every other year, by the way, there were foot races, wrestling, boxing, throwing the discus and javelin, uh, the long jump, chariot racing, and even poetry reading and singing were part of the, these games, these, these Isthmian, like Olympic games. And they, were take, they took place in Corinth, Greece, and Paul went to Corinth, which if, I don't know if we'll get there today, but in Acts 18, we read about his visit there, established a congregation, the Lord did, through uh, Aquila and Priscilla, remember, and uh, their tent makers by trade. And they, and they probably evangelized, they probably shared the gospel, the good news, to many who went to these games. And Paul was familiar with them. Now, whether he attended them, we don't know, but he was very familiar with them, it seems, and um, maybe just evangelizing the people that went, or maybe he's, he got to go to some of them, but more on that in a little bit. Now, Galatians, but over in Galatians chapter 5, we've been doing this on Devash Lafi, the book of Galatians. Let's look at verse 1. It says, For freedom, Messiah set us free. So stand firm and do not be burdened by a yoke of slavery again. Don't be burdened. The word freedom is, in the Greek is 
eleutheria, eleutheria. Uh, and the Hebrew equivalent of it would be chafash. You want to say chafash? There it is down there. Chafash, eleutheria, and chafash, chafash. All right? And it really means to be free from slavery. So when Paul's saying this for freedom, Messiah, freedom, it's freedom from slavery. Now, the context, again, what's the context? Paul's Jewish, Paul's rabbinic, Paul's talking from a, a, a background, of course, of the, our, our people sl- set free from Egyptian slavery. Messiah has set us free from, in order to experience freedom from slavery. Now, 87 times in Scripture, it mentions that God brought us out of Egyptian slavery. Uh, and how did he do it? With a strong hand. Why? Well, let me give you a few references. Exodus 3, verse 8. Uh, if you were watch, caught any of the, uh, the, the devotionals this week on, on the uh, Facebook, you, I, I mentioned this one day. Uh, Exodus 3, 8, he says, to bring you to a land, into a land. I'm bringing you out from Egypt to, to taking you out to bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey, right? Devash, uh, uh, chalava devash in Hebrew. I mean, we used to have a little poster we brought back from Israel that, you know, chavash de, ch- uh, ch- chalav devash, milk and honey. And, um, and in Exodus 29, 46, that I, God says, I brought you out from Egypt that I might dwell among them, dwell among you. Leviticus 25, 38, to give you the land of Canaan, Canaan, and to be your God. Also mentions that in 26.45 and Numbers 15.41. In Leviticus 25.42 and 55, he says, I brought you out so that you'll not be their slaves. You'll not be slaves anymore, but you'll be my slaves, my servants, literally. You'll belong to me, in other words, or my own possession, a people in Deuteronomy 4.20, for my own possession. But I think my favorite verse in this theme is Leviticus 26, 13, where God says this, I am Adonai, your God, who brought you forth out of the land of Egypt so that you would not be their slaves, avadim, the word for slaves, and I have broken the bars, I have broken the bars of your yoke and made you walk upright. In other words, hold your head up high. I've broken those bars and made you to walk upright with your heads high, erect, upright. The, the Hebrew word, uh, komiyut, I think I have it there. There it is, komiyut. I don't know if you can see it. I'm probably in the way of it. But anyway, komiyut, right? I made you to, from we get kum, uh, to, to rise up. I want you to walk. I've broken the bars. I want you to walk upright. God is saying to Israel, I went to a great effort to great effort and expense to take you out of Egypt, Egyptian bondage. We remember it every year, especially on what holiday? What Jewish holiday? Passover. We just, by the way, laid out all the, all the dates for the calendar for our holiday celebrations, observances the next uh, year. So we'll be, we'll be able to give you those soon. Um, and we're going to confirm them that, we can, that, the, that we're able to meet here, you know, that, that they're open for those dates. But anyway, I, God is saying, I went to great effort and expense to bring you out, to take you out of Egyptian bondage so that you could belong to me and serve me. And I don't want you to go back under slavery, slavery ever again. 
Never again. Never again. Hold your heads up high and go possess your land as free people. And it still belongs to the Jewish people, the land of Israel. Absolutely. Paul is saying the same thing. The Messiah, the Passover lamb of God's sacrifice, has bought your freedom from sin's slavery. Continue in that freedom. And what is he saying in this book of Galatians? He's saying, do not dare go back into slavery. You were made righteous before God by the, his blood of the new covenant, the Brit Hadashah, the new covenant. How can you go backwards seeking to be righteous through adherence to the Torah or the Mosaic covenant? That's look at chapter 2, verses 15 through 20, where he says that. He says, but that's what's happening. He says, you've been cast under a spell, chapter 3, verse 1. You've been separated in chapter 4, verse 26, from your true mother, Sarah, for replaced by Hagar. Hagar or Hagar. He says, so what do you have to do? Drive out Hagar and Ishmael and live as Isaac son of Sarah, son of promise, which is who you are in chapter 4, verse 30. That's who you are. You're a son or daughter of promise. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, John 8, 32, Yeshua said. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom or liberty. In 2 Corinthians 3, 17, Boy, that's one test you can always have, isn't it? If the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, is, if there's no freedom, if there's bondage, if there's a spirit of legalism, if there's that spirit, then the Spirit of the Lord isn't there. And if the Spirit of the Lord is there, he's breaking that bondage, that spirit. The word of his grace is strong to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who've been sanctified or made holy, Acts 20, verse 32. So Paul is, what he's saying here, don't go back under slavery again. And this is what was happening to the believers in Galatia here. He says, don't be, go, don't, your righteousness comes through the blood of Yeshua's once for all, finished work, sacrifice. It's done. Once for all, Hebrews 10, 10, Hebrews 10, 14. It's done. It is finished, John 19.30. You are already made holy through his sacrifice. And now we live because of that we want to live holy. But we're not doing it to be made holy. We're already made holy through his blood. Now we live a holy life because of that. It's, you see, it's a whole different way of thinking. Now he, he says in Galatians 5.6, look at further. He says, for in Messiah Yeshua, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Faith working through love. In other words, the important thing is not being Jewish or not. Not how much Jewishness or lack of it, the amount of Jewishness or lack thereof, but faith that works by love. Trust expressing itself through God's love. That's what's important. That's where the emphasis has to be. Galatians 5, now the next two verses, 5, 7, and 8. You were running, here it is, a great race. I like that translation, even though I don't know if it's accurate here. But you were a, running a great race. The, the, really, it would be, you were running well. You were running beautifully. You were running the race well, fine, beautifully. Who blocked you? 
Who blocked you? The, the Greek is literally, who cut into you? Who impeded you from following the truth? This persuasion, this detour, doesn't come from the one who calls you. Boy, you say, you're kind of passionate about this. Yeah, well, Paul was really passionate about it. That's why he's, that's why he's writing, very passionately. He says, you got knocked off course, believers. Get back on course. Finish your race. Get, you got knocked off the course. Now get back on the course and finish the race. You got knocked off and it didn't come from the one who called you. You got detoured and you didn't realize it. It was subtle and it was deceptive and it happened and you, all, you didn't realize it. We're running a race. This metaphor Paul uses. Now there are many types of races, aren't there? Let's, look at, let's think about There's sprinting. There's middle distance. I looked these up. There's long distance. There's relay, hurdling, steeplechasing, 50 meter, 800 meter, 5K, 10K, half marathon. How long is a marathon? How many? That's right. 26.2 miles, 26 miles, right? Uh, there's ultra marathon. And you have race strategy. Knowledge gives you the competitive advantage. You have things like pacing, the pacing approach. When you speed up, when to speed up, when to slow down. You have to have knowledge of preventing injuries. You don't want to have, if you get injured, and you know, I don't, I don't, anyway. You get injured, you can, you know, then you're going to be out for months, right? Or at least a long, a good period of time. Fueling is so important. Fueling, if you don't prepare for the right, have the right kind of fuel, then you'll run out of energy. You'll, and, and fueling, especially if you're doing a full marathon. And then you have this term, hitting the wall. Have you heard that term, hitting the wall? You're going to hit a wall at some point. And if you just learn, you're just in your early, first time running or whatever, you're going to hit it early. You're not prepared for it. You hit it. You're going to hit a wall. This is all going to apply, applies in our running our race spiritually. You see, all these things really do. Training. Jeff, Pat, Rabbi Jeff Foreman at the rabbi's conference, I loved it. He quoted something he was talking about in his message, which uh, they just sent the links out for. Uh, but he said, someone had to told him long ago, he said, hills are your friends. Hills are your friends. <laughs> and that was so good in training. Hills are your friends. We, we, we always, I'll just tell you, we go the Percy Warner stairs almost every Shabbat. We try to do it, uh, weather, rain or shine, try to, uh, no matter what the weather, we try to do it almost, we miss a few times, but we try to do it now. I started, now Frances is able to join me since her mom went to be with the Lord. She wasn't able, but she, we uh, climb those stairs. It only takes us like 10, 10 minutes, really. Uh, you know the Percy Warner stairs? They're right, 10 minutes. Anyone can join us, although I, you know, the timing might be not hard. But uh, you go up and down. Oh, boy, it's, it's, you think, I can't make this. I, I'm not going to be able to get up. But you do, and then you, get, you know, get up and all the way down. Stairs, great. Hills are your friends because they're going to work muscles that flat. You know, that's why I didn't like Florida. We lived five years in Florida. And, I mean, the only hills were landfills. Those were the only, <laughs> you say, oh, there's a hill. No, it's a landfill. <laughs> that's so southeast Florida anyway. But, um, but listen, hills are your friend because they're going to train you, help you get prepared for, 
for, for heart. Now, a sports shoe company ran an advertisement during the 1996 Olympics with this line. You do not win the silver medal, you lose the gold. In other words, the athlete enters the competition with the goal of winning the event, not losing it. Unlike the modern Olympic Games, where gold, silver, and bronze medals are awarded to the first three places respectively, in the ancient games, only the winner received the crown. Interesting, isn't it? There was no second place award, no third place award, only a win or a loss. So the legendary coach Vince Lombardi of the Green Bay Packers, who are no longer in the playoffs this year, by the way, tried to instill, but he won, I think, like five Super Bowls or something, like, like for, you know, like conferences, conferences or whatever, uh, one after another. He tried to instill this winning attitude in his football players, which he did successfully, when he said, winning is not everything, it's the only thing. <laughs> So I pulled a few more of his quotes. Listen to these quotes. They are amazing. It's not whether you get knocked down, it's whether you get up. Now that's really biblical, isn't it? Righteous man falls seven times and gets back up again. Don't rejoice over me, O oh my enemy, though I fall. That's Proverbs, I think Proverbs 24, 16, or 16, 24. Uh, don't rejoice over me, O oh my enemy, though I fall, I will what? I will rise up again. Though I dwell in darkness, the Lord is a light to me. That's Micah 7, verse 6. It's a great verse, great verse. Micah 7, verse 6. The, uh, so again, it's not whether you get knocked down, it's whether you get up. Here's another one. If you can't accept, if you, <laughs> I love this one. This, you may not like this, but I like this. If you can accept losing, you can't win. If you can accept losing, you can't win. I can tell you in pickleball, I can, tell, I can point to someone, I can say, this person, he doesn't mind losing. Well, he's going to lose. <laughs> Most of the time, he's going to lose because he can accept. You can't have that mindset if you're, if you're going to win. Now, and I, I don't mean you have to be, anyway. All right, but here's, here's the last one I'll give you. Winners never quit and quitters never win. Winners never quit and quitters never Never win. This is a great one. All right. How about some scripture? Does Paul mention these, this running? I'm telling you, a lot of times. 2 Timothy 4, verses 6 through 8. Let me give you these passages. For I am ready, already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. Paul is in prison at Rome, and he's, 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 he's ready to be martyred for his faith. And he's going, this is his end, and the Lord's showing him it's his time to go. He's about to go. But he says, he says, I fought the good fight. I finished the course. So he's finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there's reserved for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not to me only, but also to everyone who has longed for his appearing. That's a Wonderful promise. I think that means that my, I, I, I want more to be with him than I want to be here. And there's an award for that. There's a, prom, a, a reward for that. Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, who are those witnesses? In Hebrews 12, verse 1. We have a great cloud of witnesses. Who are they? 
Yes, all the people in Hebrews chapter 11, the previous 11, and, and many more than that, of course, he could name more, but all those people, he says, these are all these, these people that have passed, that have lived by faith, died by faith, in their faith, all these amazing saints, these kiddushim, these holy, these believers, these men and women uh, that have lived for, lived for the Lord, died for the Lord, and he says, we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, and they're, they're alive now. They're surrounding us, just like we talked about today. These, our son and others and, and, and Jim and Kat's daughter and your loved ones that have passed on, they're alive. They're the cloud of witnesses that knew the, know the Lord. They're around now, and, and they're watching. And let us also get rid of every weight. Let us also get rid of every weight and entangling sin. He says, let us run with endurance, Run with endurance. I love that Greek word. It's hupo, hupomene, hupomone in the Greek. Hupomeno, something like that. It means to stay under, to remain under. Hupomeno, stay under. It's to stay. I don't, I don't have it up here. But it's to stay under. It's to endure. It means you just listen. It's, you're bearing the weight but you don't give up. You don't give in. You don't collapse under it. You, you continue to, and that's, that's just, you're going to get through it. You're going to get through it. Some of the stuff we've been through the last, recently, I mean, I said, we can't, I can't, I, I, I would not have thought I could go through this, and that God would have entrusted me. I would have thought, I would have literally had a heart attack and would have, this is the end. I really, I was like, God, but you obviously thought, knew I could handle it. And you were, and, and we're, and we're, and we're through it, through you, by your grace, by your power, and because of wonderful people, amazing people's prayers and love, and, and, and the Lord, through, the, you know, the, through the Lord, the power of the Lord, the Holy Spirit. But I'll tell you, the Lord, we endure, says, run with endurance the, faith, the, the race set before us, focusing on Yeshua. How do we do it? Focusing, looking to Yeshua, the initiator, the author and perfecter, pioneer and perfecter of our faith, focusing on him. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So he did it first. He's our example. He, he, went, he did it before us. And disregarding its shame, he has taken his seat now at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such, so the third time that word is used, endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you may not grow weary in your souls and lose heart. Don't give up. And I think he says the next verse, basically, you haven't died, had to die yet for it. Acts 20, verse 24 However, Paul says, I don't consider my life of any value except that I might finish my course and the office I received from the Lord Yeshua to declare the good news, the besorah, the besorah, the good news, the gospel of the grace of God. He says, that's what I'm here for, to declare the gospel, to proclaim the gospel, like Jason shared last week beautifully in that wonderful class, with, uh, which I guess didn't get recorded, but it was amazing. Um, and, and, uh, and we'll be doing those, those again. But, uh, but we are here to share the, the pro be proclaimers. And so we are, we are um, 
We finish our course, Paul says, and receive, my, receive from the Lord to declare the good news of the grace of God. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 26. This is a, such a good one. Don't you know that in a stadium the runners all run, but one receives the prize? Run, one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may win. You say, I don't care about, why does, I don't think you should be so, talk about sports and winning. And Well, Paul does. Run in such a way that you may win. There's an attitude to have. Every competitor exercises self-control in all respects. They do it to receive a perishable crown, but we do it to receive an imperishable one. So I run in this way, he says, not aimlessly, not without purpose. I know, what, I know why I'm running. There's a reason. There's a purpose. I want to win. And he says, I want you to run so that you win. I want you to finish this. And what's he talking about? Read, read the previous verses of there. He's saying, I'm free, though I'm free from all men, I've made myself a slave, a servant, so that I might win more of them. I've become all things to all men that I might put all means possible, save some. I do all things for the sake of the gospel, the good news, that I might be fellow partakers of it. Whatever it takes to lay down my life to be able to win others to the Lord. Paul in Acts 18, if you want to turn there quickly, Paul in 18, he goes to Corinth. And in the first 11 verses, we see the amazing story there. He's, I'm just going to point out a couple things. In verse 1, he goes, went to, when they went to Corinth, he left Athens, went to Corinth, and he's there. Um, and in verse 4, he was debating every Shabbat in the synagogue, trying to persuade both Jewish and Greek people. So there he is, praying in Shabbat in the synagogue, proclaiming, sharing, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. And then now Silas and Paul arrived from Macedonia. Paul became occupied with the message, urgent, urgently testifying to the people that Yeshua is the Messiah. It's verse 5, verse 6. But when they resisted and reviled him, he shook out his garments and said, your blood be on your own heads. I'm clean from now on. I'm going to the Gentiles. He's fed up. He says, I'm going to the Gentiles. You're, they're easier than reaching our Jews. I'm going to the Gentiles. And what's funny about that to me is that he leaves there, and where does he go? But next door to a synagogue, he stays at Titius Justice house, Titius Justice, a God-fearer, whose house is next door to the synagogue, and Crispus, in verse 8, the synagogue leader, comes to the Lord. So he's, he thinks he's leaving and to the Jewish people, and here, the first thing that happens is another Jewish person comes to the Lord, Crispus, the synagogue leader. He's mentioned, by the way, in 1 Corinthians 1.14, that Paul immerses, had immersed him. Paul said, I immersed him. The synagogue leader put his faith in the Lord along with his whole household, and many of the Corinthians upon hearing were believing and being immersed. And the Lord said to Paul, through a vision that night, don't be afraid, but speak and don't be silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you, for I have much people, I think it says in the one translation, in this city. I like that translation. I have much people in this city. And he stays there another 18 months teaching the word of God among them. So this is the history. That's the background of Corinth. And again, east of Corinth is where these Isthmian games took place, very close by east of Corinth. So maybe they're doing a lot of evangelism, reaching the people that are going to and from these, these, 
games. We don't know. Perhaps he saw them there. Perhaps uh, this is what took place with he and his team witnessing there. 2 Timothy 2.5, he says, Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he is not crowned victorious unless he competes according to the rules. There are no shortcuts. And Philippians, the last one I'll give you, Philippians 3, verses 12 through 15. Paul says, Not that I have already obtained this or been perfected, but I press on, I press on, if only I might take hold for that which Messiah Yeshua took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself as having taken hold of this, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal for the reward of the upward calling of God in Messiah Yeshua. Hallelujah. I press toward the goal. Let's say that. I press toward the goal for the reward. The upward calling of God in Messiah Yeshua. Therefore, let all who are mature have this attitude. Have this attitude. So, that's what we're in, a great race. Have you hit the wall in your race? Did you hit the wall? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Have you gotten injured in the race? Maybe. Have you run out of fuel? Have you neglected your training? Have you forgotten your race strategy? Well, get back up. If you hit the wall, get back up. Again, Micah 7, verse 6, verse 8. It's 7 verse 8, not verse 6. 7 verse 8. Rejoice not over me, enemy. Though I fall, I will rise. Though I will dwell in darkness, the Lord will be a light. Get back up. Get back up. If you got injured, heal up. Take time to heal up. It's okay. You can take time. It's okay. No one can judge you. No one has a right to judge you. Sometimes we need time to heal. Hosea 6 verses 1, th 1 and 2. Come, let us return to the Lord, to Adonai, for he is torn. He is torn, but he will heal us. He is smitten, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up. <sighs> Did you run out of fuel? Well, fuel up. Fuel up. Fuel up. You know, Elijah in 1 Kings 19, he ate the, 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 and drank the cake and the water and he says, I went in the strength of that for 40 days and 40 nights. I went in the strength of that. And that's when he came to the mountain after he was chased by Jezebel and all the fear he went through and everything. And then he went, and that was where the Lord came to him in that still, small voice, remember? Not in the fire, not in the wind, not in the earthquake, but the Lord in the still, small voice. But he went in the strength of that meal. Fuel up, fuel up. Hide the word of God in your heart. Resume training. Resume training. If you're not training, resume training. Say, I'm going to resume it. Start studying the Word of God. Show your study to show yourself approved. Workman that needs not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the Word of Truth. 2 Timothy, uh, I think it's 2.15. And put yourself under uh, veterans, those that have studied the Word, those that are, have walked with the Lord and, and have battle scars. You know, Paul says, I bear in my body the, and have been proven and have submitted to others, not those that are... Uh, renegades and, and don't submit to anyone and do their own thing. But 
those that are submit to authority and are under, and, and put yourself under authority, those that are under authority. Uh, and then, uh, and, and immerse yourself in the body of Messiah. Strengthen one another. Put yourself under training. Immerse yourself in, in, in the body of Messiah. Prayerfully map out your race strategy. What does God want me to do? Prayerfully. So you finish your race. Or as President George Bush said, strategize. No, I just had to add that in. Didn't anyone say strategery or something? Strategery? Yeah. <laughs> Poor President Bush. He meant well. All right. Push on to the finish line in the life of faith. Push on to the finish line in the life of faith. And don't give up and don't give in. Okay? Don't give up. Let's not give up. Let's not give in. As we face opposition, discouragement, disappointment, temptation, we choose to persevere to receive the reward, that imperishable victory crown of righteousness. Father, we thank you and praise you for the race that you've given us to run, the Lord, that we can only, only accomplish through your power, your Holy Spirit, your grace, your strength, your grace, Lord, not through our own power. Be strong in the grace that is in Messiah Yeshua. Paul said, 2 Timothy 2.1. Lord, help us resume, Lord. We've been knocked off course, Lord. We, we, we get back on course now, Lord. Getting back on course. Help us. Thank you. If you've never trusted Yeshua for the first time, put your faith in him. Say, Lord, Yeshua, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to know. I want salvation. Lord, I want to know that I have eternal life. I want my sins forgiven. I'm trusting you today. And let us know you're praying that prayer. There'll be some folks up here, uh, to someone to pray with you afterwards. If you're right here today, uh, if you're watching virtually, contact us so we can contact you back and help you.